Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network. Glad you're with us wherever you're listening today with our great radio partners. Also, uh, across the streaming platforms, however you're taking in the show, if it's the podcast, we appreciate that. We'll hope you'll rate, subscribe, and share out that link as well. And if you miss portions of the show, great conversations with Jordan Schultz, Mike Pereira, and more. Our take initially, as we started the show on USC and UCLA and the report that they're headed to the Big Ten as early as 2023, uh, 2024, excuse me. We've got that in the podcast available wherever you download your audio. We're going to get to more of USC-UCLA this hour. Let, let's start, though, uh, with earlier this morning, a video that was uh, circulating. And I, I got this through um, through Birmingham and Tuscaloosa. So there are motives here. However, there's video evidence and audio of this, too, and it's worthy of, of bringing up. So there is a video of... A Texas A&M assistant coach or a staff member, Chad, you've been trying to do some research on who this is. I've got a not guy, named. I think it may be, but I need to see the video okay. one more time to confirm because it's the same person. He, he is definitely on video with recruits at Kyle Field where the quote is, y'all getting a lot of money from the people behind these suites if you decide to come play here. Now this ties in, going back, uh, a few weeks to Saban and Jimbo going back and forth over A&M paid players and bought their recruiting class. And of course, Saban saying that trying to get more money for NIL moving forward for the Crimson Tide because they weren't number one in recruiting. But here is on video getting a tour of Kyle Field. Chad, you and I stood in that end zone last year where this yep. video is taking place. And he points to the suites and says, hey, by the way, you guys... The money's right up there if you come here. I mean, it's, it's clear and obvious. It's not shocking. It's not anything that, you know, is going to make ripples across college football, especially now with USC, UCLA. But, I mean, the, the first thing I thought of is not, oh, of course they're paying. I'm thinking Jimbo, like the, the, the audio I want to hear now is Jimbo Fisher standing behind the podium a- answering the question about, I, I, I know about, I know about the collectives. I don't. I don't know what they do for our program. We I don't do know have sweet. Don't know what they're up to here. Come on, like that was the that was a, a, just as bad of a lie as anything we heard throughout that entire saga. And now they'll eventually be asked about this. What did you, th- you think when you saw this, guys? Jack? Roll the video just so I can see it because I think I know who it is, but I'm, I need to see the video. I know we've got it up over here on the screen behind us. Yes, where I can see it one more time. I'm trying to match up. A bio with who this person is. I'm getting a lot of money from these people behind the suites. Y'all decided to go play. Yeah, so that was him saying you're going to get a lot of money through the suites, as you had mentioned, Hutton. 
Uh, it looks a lot like the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Student Athlete Services is who's so giving the tour. staff member is accurate. A staffer is what they've, they've said. Uh, that's who it looks like from the side. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to identify exactly who this person is. But that's looking through the staff directory at Texas A&M, and I've seen everyone in their athletic department. That's who that appears to be. Uh, I've seen people say, you know, if you're Nick Saban and you want to c- come back, say, here's my video evidence of my argument. I rest my case when he presents that about A&M. Now, also, <laughs> I'm sure there's if someone wanted to take a video of an Alabama recruiting trip, they'd probably take their phones at Alabama, you know, saving us so much control that it'll never get it's out. It's like a Chris Rock show. But, you know, if, if you wanted to do that, yeah, you put it in the little lockbox for your time there. Did we give him Chris there. Rock, too? No. Uh, may, no, uh, we did. maybe. Did Chris we? Rock, we did. That's the only time I've had to do that, was at a Chris Rock concert. The first we heard of it was when oh, you went Chappelle to Chappelle. Oh, Chappelle the Ryman, that's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we saw him at Zanies, it was Chris Rock you at turned Zanies. It in. You also it do too. that at Derek Jeter's mansion. Turning yourself up. He's also very clearly saying, you know, people come back and say, well, you know, you can get money in NIL. So he's just saying, if you come here, you know, you're going to, well, he said, that's not, if well, you sign here, that's you're a getting direct money violation, though. They cannot point you to can't the collective. Like, you just, you can't. So it, the, but, you know, that's uh, going on everywhere. I hear, it's going on everywhere. But again, like, so you have, you have fans. And, and any fan base would respond in this way, saying, oh, they're tagging the NCAA. Look into this. And I'm thinking, who's looking into it? Tell what me. what clout do they have? Tell me who's policing this. And what penalties can they assess? So, like, it, it's not going to affect anything, but it is, it's incredibly stupid for a guy to sit there and do that. With Especially a guy, with everything they're going not on. Ho- they're not hiding the camera. Like, it, it's a cell phone video of the tour. Um, and you know, family members are allowed on these things too. If you're showing people around campus, so it, well, it's incredibly so stupid to sit there and talk about it on camera. Here's my fear of this thing now, um, because it is so stupid and, and the guy to say it is stupid. And it's easy to not say that when you're given a bunch of foot, pr- prospective football players, a tour, <laughs> but Jimbo Fisher gets so emotional over this stuff. Yeah, yes. Like he did with Nick Saban. Like, this guy might get fired for saying that. For it, He should not get fired for saying no. this one thing. And they're doing it, so he definitely shouldn't get fired. But who's to say Jimbo Fisher... They produce we results. Are so, we are so clean at this university, and we have <laughs> outworked America with our recruiting class. And how dare this, this staffer... Is I don't care if he is the associate athletic director. He's fired. <laughs> He's gone. He's go, we will not tolerate that here at Texas. He will just go so over the top that this guy's probably going to get cross, caught in the crosshairs of it I mean, for saying something stupid. It's just uh, – That's not fireable. It's something to bring up because it's going to make the circles across SEC fan bases. The, like, again, like, it's, you've got the 80s. Like, the guy who should be upset is Sankey, who was, you know, he was propped up by, uh, by Ross Bjork saying – Reprimand them now. <laughs> You've got this coming out the weekend of July 4th. Well, again, if it's the guy I think it is, it's like Ross Bjork's number four <laughs> in command. But you had Ross Bjork calling the SEC office, yeah. telling, you know, please, you know, not I, please, rep- we demand a reprimand, a verbal reprimand I in Tuscaloosa. demand a, a, a memo on my desk by Monday morning <laughs> stating exactly what the SEC will do to take action against Coach Saban. And his rogue program for making these 
dastardly I, comment. Also, like, th- here's a guy, like, he's not, he's not lying to these guys. He's being you know, very Kiffin, casual about it. Kiffin would then respond and say, you know, let me know when those checks clear. Yeah. But at least this guy's pointing what? up to the money, and the money's actually, you know. The story's still young. Kiffin may retweet result. it and just say, this is probably one of the guys we lost out on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could see Kiffin saying something like that in a tweet with a joke, with some emoji at the end of it. It's just so expected. So I, I pass it on to say, like, <laughs> if, if this is being recorded, can you imagine? Like, I just, it, it's funny to see a staffer yeah. just walking these guys around. Like, yeah, well, this is the guy that, whatever his role, again, he looks like the guy who's the associate yes. athletic director. But even if he isn't, just the guy in the gear, you know, just charged with here's the portion of the locker room in the stadium. That he shows these campers around, that he's they're all reading the news and seeing what's being talked about, and he's walking around going, everything you've heard in the news, it's all true. <laughs> it's like all of it. They probably what get it, all back to him. See and these ask. nice air conditioned suites up here? That's where all that money you've been hearing about is coming from. All He'd of it. Probably come back to him and he'd say, ah, I was joking. You guys went on an oil field one day, right up there in those suites. That's what's going to happen. Those suites were empty when I you pointed scored. to them. You win enough games for the Aggies, you'll have a part in one of these oil businesses once you leave here. The uh, NBA headlines, Kevin Durant is expected to demand a trade. That's the report uh, out there today. And that he How wants my sons? He wants to be traded to the Phoenix Suns as the number one option. We had Jordan Schultz on, the host of the Pull Up Pod. And uh, he said, and he's referenced this in the past, uh, where uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, uh, Durant oh, has tried to recruit him in, in years past, and and has not. There's not been the case, so it seems like they're trying to team up there. Uh, I would also say it's three years to the day when the report was announced through Woj that Durant and Kyrie and DeAndre uh, Jordan were all going to sign at the same time in Brooklyn. This guy just has ants in his pants. I mean. He's no, a he, roving. I've always said you, uh, you're right, but it's the it's the the wooing and the love that Loves and the attention. Like it's uh, you remember know, all the stories about the troll his, accounts and all the different uh, visits he went on. You know, oh no, no, and, uh, he didn't go how, on visits. He had oh, they them, came to, yeah, they flew to, to the Hamptons. That's right. He, he had rented the house. out a mansion at the. But Hamptons. I remember the story about the house in the Hamptons that he rented. Yeah. the whole time, and then they. He set up times where they would come in and tell you how much that they love Kevin Durant. And the, the, that was at the time the Warriors were flying across country to the Hamptons to try to get him to stay on the super team. And it's been three years, about the same amount of time, and it's time to feel the love again. Well, and maybe uh, there's been so many times. I think this may have been the time when he went to the Warriors is when he went to the Hamptons uh, I, in free agency. Uh, maybe so. I, I think that was because I feel I like it was, it was the sales pitch from Kerr and Steph Curry that oh, won him in, over on, in, the in the Hamptons on that trip. So this is Again, when he was a, this just the happens. Thunder. It's going to happen every three or four years. That's, that's who he is. By the way, uh, Shams Sharania, who's with The Athletic, NBA writer. Sharina. Sharina? Yep. Either way. Eight minutes ago, free agent Jalen Brunson will sign a four-year, $110 million deal with the Knicks. I, I, I don't understand their infatuation with him. Am, am I wrong? I, look, I don't know him that well, but um, or well, but I, I, they did all this cap clearing and everything for, for this guy, and he's not an A-level guy. Welcome to play. June, July in the NBA. Huh? You know, it's, uh, look at some of these reports where 
know, the Kings are making some guy a priority who we never even heard of. The Knicks need an outright damn star. This is not an outright damn star. So what? Why all of such a ballyhooed courtship? You court who is willing to come play for you. You mentioned the if Kings. They, if you're not demanding a trade, you don't have. I mean, you're, you're they not should really, go trade for Durant. Well, Durant has to list the no, Knicks I, as I the priority. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, it's Durant's they pick call. They want. It's not Brooklyn's call. He's he's requested a trade, and he said, "I'll go two places: Miami or Phoenix." <laughs> That's okay. Well, I guess we just have to take whatever those teams will give us. Well, why don't they just say no? I, I we got a semi good thing going here. I, I I feel the same way about what's going on in the NFL right now. I'd love for a team just to say nope. Play out that kind. It's of just so show much more get, likely show up for or it get to happen or in the get NFL. Fun. That's what's so pri- surprising. Like we see this, the musical chairs of of Durant and the contract, um, craziness. With uh, the money that they're paying. You mentioned the Kings. Hutton, for the results. And this just came to mind with them. Watch the NBA draft. They have not been to the playoffs in 16 years. So when Weber was there? No. Was this, that the I think this was post-Weber. But it was something crazy stat. I'm thinking when their pick was coming up, I'm like, they should be not just relegated, kicked out of the NBA. How do you not fin- – it's not even the top half. It's – it's less than the top half. It's like the top 60% of the league goes. goes to the playoffs. How do you pick that high and avoid that for 16 years? It's an accomplishment, Chad. That is ridiculous. Second longest drought is Charlotte with six years. Isn't that nuts? That is, when their pick was coming up, I'm thinking, man, that is 16 years? I was so, in a room full of people, and I'm, no one else was, right. was amazed it, by no. me. I'm like, 16 years? It, well, I think because you're, you're, I think the average sports fan will think of it in terms of the NFL playoff droughts. Like with it, Cincinnati comes to mind. Long, decades long playoff wind drought. Well, you've got Sacramento. I wouldn't have guessed Sacramento with 16 seasons was the longest. Or really, the gap is what's surprising. You've got Charlotte with six. Cleveland with four. They're, they have the third longest playoff drought, the Cleveland Cavaliers. At four. And then you have the Detroit Pistons, the Spurs. That's your point, the though. The sport it's, is made. There's, 16, there's 30 teams, 16 of the 30, more than half the league, goes to the playoffs. The sport is made to get high picks when you're bad. You are in the lottery when you don't make the playoffs. So for 16 straight years, they've been a lottery team. So you're drafting high every year, and you can't get a roster that gets you the eight seed in the West. Here's the other one thing. of those sixteen Here's years. Here's the other thing that's very interesting about it to me: like Jeter in management in Miami, which has ended, was getting criticized. Like, what's he involved in here, and what, what's it all about? Uh, Jordan's bulletproof there. Like, it doesn't seem to tarnish him in the least. <laughs> that that I mean, he hid from the. Had coaching interviews, right? He only came in late. No, he let Mitch Kupchak run it. And then he said, whenever you come with your guy that you want to present for me to sign off on, let me meet with him. He didn't want to meet with five candidates. Yeah, well, on the one hand, that's nice that your hand's off. On the other hand, your team hasn't been in the playoffs in 16 years. No, 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 no. Six years. Six years. We're talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, the Hornets are six years. Yeah, Yeah. you haven't been in the playoffs in six years. Maybe you'd want to see the guy a little bit more hands on. Well... Jordan's the owner. Yeah. I mean, he's Michael Jordan, so we would expect Michael Jordan, the owner, to be involved more in basketball day-to-day. But, I mean, no one's asking for Amy Adams-Strunk 
to get involved in draft picks, right? I mean, no, right. most owners, would, we would, not the we would applaud them for staying in the background. Jordan goes to games, but he seems to be pretty hands off, disengaged. He was in Nashville last week for the uh, NASCAR race as the team owner, and there was pictures of him all over town, and he was at the race. He appeared to be more hands-on with his NASCAR team than with the Hornets. Yep. I've seen the one video when they drafted Mark Williams in the first round from Duke where he gets on the phone, he jokes with him. He said, even though you're a Dukey, I expect you to get here and go to work, and we're excited to have you. And, you know, he, Williams jokes and says, we'll, we'll bury the beef right now, and I'm ready to go to work. Funny enough, Jordan in his, I want to say it's like 11 years of ownership, has never drafted a North Carolina player, but has drafted three Duke players that with the Charlotte Hornets, but not one North Carolina Tar Heel. That is very surprising. But again, it kind of goes in line with, I think he's pretty hands-off. As shocking as that sounds for a guy like Michael Jordan, I don't know how involved he is in the day-to-day. I would think it would get tempting to get more. Maybe that's just me hoping he's not involved because they're not any good. (laughs) And I'm a huge Jordan fan. (laughs) Maybe I just look at this as a a moneymaker form where he doesn't really care if they win. uh, We we had the discussion a couple days ago about the how we see the cycles of teams in in pro sports cities win. Oh yeah, Manchester. So you've got you know Boston. who else did we mention? L.A., Tampa, Denver, Tampa Denver, Tampa, Tampa, Houston, Houston, um, New York. It, we mentioned as the next one that could happen. Like if you think about what the Yankees could do, and then uh, some other sports, not not football related, and tie that in. But the opposite of that, Chad, you you mentioned Charlotte. It's Charlotte as the major league. Think about like the last few seasons of peril. For the pro sports franchises. So the Hornets offseason so far, Montrez Harrell was just arrested for drug trafficking. Miles Bridges just got arrested in LA. Uh, just got arrested prior to that. He posted a lean on Instagram. Uh, Jalen Duran, they drafted him, but then traded him for lower picks in future drafts. Uh, they rehired Steve Clifford, who they have already fired once, and they just fired his replacement. They couldn't find a coach that wanted to take the job, so they re- went and rehired the coach that they've previously fired because Kenny Atkinson backed out on the coaching job after meeting with Jordan and accepting it in person. Um, Matt Rule is a dead man walking for the Charlotte uh, for the Carolina Panthers. They've traded for Sam Darnold, and they know he's not the answer. They drafted Matt Corral. No one else wanted to draft Matt Corral, so they took him in the third round. They won't trade for Baker Mayfield for some reason. Um, they broke ground on a state-of-the-art practice facility, and they have still beams in the ground and backed out on the construction project. I mean, it is a mess of a pro city right now. And there's really no light at the end of the tunnel if you think about it. Yeah, it, it, it is crazy when you put all those in there. Also, Miles Bridges got arrested for a felony, but no one knows what it was. Or no one's reporting. It was felony domestic assault. Is that what it is? All I've seen is he was arrested for a felony. I've read the Hornets PR release on it, but I had not seen exactly what he was arrested for on the eve of free agency. It was when uh, he's going to go into free agency. He will be a free agent. So it's not, he's a a Hornets problem, but not for much longer. Um, And yeah, he was, I think it was out west somewhere, maybe in LA, maybe Vegas. I'm trying to, out in the report from TMZ, it was. felony domestic assault where uh, whoever he was with is in the hospital. That's so, a bad... According to reports. It's not I good. got a bad feeling about Charlotte 
overall. Like I feel like I, we've talked about this before. Like they built to a certain point and then they just stop as compared to Nashville, which like never, yeah. like Nashville never stops, never stopping. And Charlotte just like was like, okay, we got some banks here and the stadium. We're good. It's also a city that um, has like, no identity. Yeah, I agree. There are certain American big cities that I think of and I'm thinking, I can't think of a single distinguishing characteristic of that city. It's a banking city. That, that's like it. it's a and southern it's city, well, kind of. of. Yeah, I think of racing. I mean, that, that's the NASCAR hub. But like, Charlotte, just you know, uh, this is a very Charlotte vibe to this restaurant yeah, we're in, or a very I, yeah. Charlotte vibe to this neighborhood we're in. Uh, the last time I was there was for the Tennessee West Virginia opener at the Panthers Stadium, Bank of America Stadium, and we stayed kind of in a neighborhood that was pretty old with big trees. You know, that was cool. I'm like, oh, this is a nice neighborhood to see in sure. Charlotte, but. The downtown is just so unassuming, no real identity. Raleigh is a much nicer city. I yeah, but I mean, I, the thing about pro sports towns in America, I'd like to come up with a list of the most, the least nondescript. identifying nondescript pro sports cities in America. Charlotte's got to be close to the top. I agree with you. Well, you do, I think we talked about two of them. Sacramento's another. Yeah, Sacramento, I just looked up. I mean, Sacramento can GTFO from the league for 11. all I'm concerned. Like, they, they should. I thought they you were going to say from Earth. They should <laughs> be sorry. kicked off. Yeah, they should go into the Pacific is <laughs> what I'm saying. No, 11, I'm saying 11 coaches during those uh, 16 playoff list years. 11. Before that, Rick Edelman uh, coached there for eight years and went to the playoffs how many times? Eight. Wow. I mean, it's. It's not a great <laughs> scenario. Although they does can claim the, they, does, they were the tenth seed this past year, but that's not. Does great. the Indian businessman still on the team? Remember, it was like a big deal when he bought. It. Remember the Some Maloof, billionaire wasn't that was it like the, he's going to really turn things around. Wasn't it the Maloof brothers? Yes. They were on like sixty minutes. They were like a big deal. I don't remember yes, when they got those out of it, early. But they were 2000, like revolutionaries. Those Bonnie late nineties, early two thousand organization for a Jason while. Jason Williams, Chris Weber, like yeah. the run they had against the Lakers Bobby when the Lakers Hurley's were great. Accident. Mike Bibby. That was their top competition for two or three years. Remember, it was yeah. Kings, Lakers, the playoffs. That was a fun team. That was a great Peja team. Peja Stojakovic, whose son, by the way, is a stud. Doug and is about to be in the NBA right now. He's just a clone of Peja Stojakovic, but can, is a better athlete. That was in the early 2000s? Late, late. That, that was, was late, late 90s, early 2000s. Same year, I mean, they're battling the Lakers for the right to go play the Philadelphia 76ers in the finals yeah. against Iverson. In Sacramento, 2000, that's all they talk 2001, about. 2002, the Lakers had a three-peat, and I bet all of those three years they beat the Kings on the way to a title or came close to it. That was their maybe their chief competition. And on Sacramento – The Blazers were in there one year too. On Sacramento Talk Radio, that's all they talk about every day. Remember when. That, what's their college team around there? Cal? Like, what's Sacramento, what well, are you talking about? We know what they're talking about today. We're yeah. talking about – USC – Yes, UCLA. we got to get into that uh, further with another report about the Big 12's next move and what that means for the Pac-12. We continue the discussion on more conference realignment involving the Trojan Bruins next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Man, so I'll kick three sixty rolls on. There's a boxing event here at Sixth uh, and Peabody tomorrow. I respect the fight game from this aspect. I, the the weight to make weight and cut down to what they have to weigh in at, only to then supercharge back up and get ready twenty four hours later is it it fascinates me because they go through hell twenty four hours to drop weight and then they put it back on for fight. Now we had a guy. Uh, there's a guy that's going to be on the show tomorrow. Um, who just popped in. In fact, he thought the weigh-ins were taking place here in studio, which would make sense well, he, That was someone different. <laughs> We've um, had two boxers today roam through here. The first one came by earlier, and this first time it's happened in a while, in our studio at 6th and Peabody, just stormed through the door and started yelling out a question to our crew in here. And Davey Hudson shot up and ran to him to run him out. And the girl that was with him looked at Davey like, what in the world do you think you're doing? Because, and I don't blame him, it actually tracks. He was looking for the weigh-in spot, and he came into the facility, and he saw lights and cameras. Yeah, it looks like a weigh-in. And he's thinking, this is where the weigh-in would happen. So it does make sense as to why he would do that. But, I mean, I'm amazed that more people haven't opened the door to ask us questions or think this is another spot at 6th and Peabody just to go wander around him, but it hasn't happened. Paul, we need to get on their uh, their weight program. <laughs> we have Fire curtains. We cut. have curtains here that make it seem a, a lot little of Epsom private. salt. Paul, screw your Iron Tribe. <laughs> uh, get in with this guy if you really want to lose uh, lose weight quick or get in better shape. I'm also amazed the guy we just met. Such a nice guy. And I'm thinking tomorrow night, you have to work yourself up into a lather, right? Like, I know. You have got to be an animal. That's my fascination with. Oh, Mentally, yeah, I mean, like the, I just the to, door shuts and it's time. It's go time. I mean, it's one not one like, man's leaving. Look, and then the boxing match, same thing. It's one thing to like get excited to go play a baseball game or football or basketball, or whatever hockey, and work yourself up into that mindset. It's another thing to go hand to hand combat in a small ring, small square against another man that's well trained to destroy you. That is a different mindset that I am. It fascinates me, and it always amazes me when I meet so many people around fighting and fighting sports that are so nice. You know, when you talk to them the day before, hey, totally fine. Just shook his hand. Very cool guy. Very seemed like a real sweetheart. And tomorrow <laughs> night he's gonna have to go in a, a ring killer. and just you know beat somebody. Um, Crazy. UCLA and UCLA seem like very nice programs. And uh, here, what I say. You say said UCLA USC and twice. UCLA. UCLA. Oh, USC and UCLA, yes. Uh, they seem like very nice programs, uh, Chad. And here they are making the move to the Big Ten. And the reports are uh, Brett McMurphy uh, through Action Network. Uh, Big 12 may get aggressive and look to add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Those are not the ones I would be looking at. I mean, what? but why not if... The other reports are true that Washington, Oregon may be headed to the Big Ten. I mean, you just go ahead and knock out the Pac-12 at that point. Both if, the, they, if they add all those teams. You have to keep teams. in mind, uh, both of these conferences, outside of the Big Ten's negotiating too, but the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are also coming up on their rights deals and the millions that they're trying to keep. What they don't want to happen is to be the league that takes a step back 
in that type of money because you have you're, you're not you don't have anything to negotiate with because the other conference took your your teams away not not just the Big Ten I'm saying Paul I'm saying the Big Twelve comes in and takes away Arizona and you take away the Phoenix market you go to Colorado and you you take Utah because you already have BYU so. Let's add Utah to the yeah, mix, yeah, and you have up, the Holy War the in the pack. Big Twelve. Like there, there are there are aspects to their method of madness that make sense because it is now an arms race, not necessarily always against the SEC or the Big Ten. It's the next tier of negotiations, and you don't want to be fourth in that list. You're done if you are. Yep. Because the ACC is under contract. I'm saying. ACC is in a lousy spot. Because I feel like they're uh, – look, it's not like they're nobodies, but right now, the way things are going, they feel like a carcass sitting there waiting to be picked, picked at. I mean, I, I, I just, think if, so. If but... you're in the ACC right now, I do not know why. If you were forward-thinking at all. Go build. No. Go to the SEC. Yeah. Your option is we got to go to the SEC. We see this happening around us. We are in the geog- – those schools I mentioned all make perfect sense, even in the geography of the SEC, to add Virginia Tech, Miami, Clemson, Florida State. I mean, if the SEC out of those four schools from a football perspective, game, set, match. What are you going to do, Big Ten? Have fun with Washington Oregon. That's competitive between the two. But we just got – we have the state of Florida now. And think of how big it's, the, I think, the second best state in terms of producing NFL college football talent is Florida, maybe the, maybe the first in some years. we got Florida, Florida State, Miami in the conference. You've got national, current national power Clemson, which is always going to have a rabid fan base. Virginia Tech, from a cultural standpoint, fits perfectly in the SEC in Western Virginia. I mean... But we could play this game of dominoes all we want. Like it's funny now, Brett and Brett McMurphy. Well, Big 12's counter is we're going to gut the mid-tier Pac-12 teams. I want to know from you and get them to come over here. See, the, to me, the 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 fascinating aspect and where the dominoes really go is so what what's Sankey up to? What what has this guy been doing after he's already had the move behind the scenes with Texas and Oklahoma? That's that's the next tier. If, in fact, Kevin Warren has Oregon and Washington already in the mix. Chad, you said um, there is a, a call coming up 5 p.m. on the West Coast. Yeah, I want to double-check the time to make sure. Maybe Davey could look that up For also. The but there, there is a call coming, a, a Zoom call, a conference call, with all the Pac-12 um, presidents president, uh, or ADs, I think, with – the commissioner of the Pac-12. So we'll find out who's representing So some of these, call. you know, rumors that, you know, or the, the, it's not a rumor, the guy who reported the initial story is also reporting the Big Ten isn't done. Doesn't mean they're going after other Pac-12 schools, but it could be going after, you know, Big 12, ACC, yeah. whatever. Um, but that's going to be asked. Hey, is anyone else considering leaving? You, you might, if we're not in the loop on that, you may need to tell us. And maybe they know. And maybe they know what else is going on. This is just to kind of regroup. See, I, I, and just brainstorming where I think we could end up based on the uh, geography is not playing a factor in the conferences adding schools. But there is a way to keep geography alive in the split between 
if you're going to two major conferences, like for the next, the super conference, right? You could still have the Big Ten and the SEC in some capacity where you have, and maybe you don't call it that, but you have the ACC partner with the SEC and you have the Big Ten partner with, I don't know, Big 12, I guess, for the sake of this argument. And then that's your line of geography where you have a clear north and south region that comes together to qualify for an overall national title. Well, here's one thing that just struck me looking at the Big Ten map. Now where you go from you go from Rutgers to L.A. Yeah. And you've got, you know, the Michigan schools and Minnesota. But what you're further south is kind of Indiana. So all of a sudden I start thinking Baylor, you know, because then you've got a nationwide football. Well, it's further south outside of L.A. I mean, if you're going way down, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that part of the country. But, I mean, if you truly wanted to cover the entire country, where they aren't is south central, uh, which would be Texas. I don't know they want to – I mean, I don't think they're wanting to – I don't think the goal by any of these conferences is let's cover the entire country. No, but it wouldn't hurt. It's let's add the brands and the schools that are going to give us the most value, wherever they may be, right? I mean, that's, I think that's what's, what's happening right now. And, you know, the SEC, like, it is a big blob now. But really, you know, Missouri's kind of the biggest outlier. I get Oklahoma and Texas. It's still southern. Oklahoma and Texas is just Missouri more southwest. not southern. And A&M, right? I mean... Missouri is the outlier in the SEC. So, so we, I know we're looking at it from a conference standpoint. Let's look at it also from consider the program standpoint of. So we're, we look at the. I, I've been viewing this from the major schools. Who are like the the middle tier? The Missouri's um, uh, other other schools that are never mentioned um, in in terms of power brokers: Arkansas, South Carolina. Who are those schools? Where are those schools in the ACC, Virginia. in the Big 12, in the Pac-12 currently, not, not USC, UCLA, that are saying, you know what? We're going to abandon ship and try to latch on the same way Vanderbilt latches onto the SEC, where we're going to guarantee ourselves $50 million plus per year in a payout just by joining up and following and getting in line. Like... Because it, who's who's the AD that realizes this is where we're headed and we're either a part of this group or we're on the outside looking in based on our positioning? Is there and, and can you work your way into the conversation if you're not there yet? And does it take would it take Virginia partnering with Clemson, convincing Clemson to be your partner, or Virginia Tech, or Virginia Tech? Yeah, th- there you go. Like that. Can you? Can we find that next tier, not the top tier, but the shelf below that latches on and gets a payday out of it? Because money's the driving force with all of it. If you can double your money as the... If you can I mean, be a part I, of the super conference where the, the TV money and the revenue is going to be, uh, where NIL is going to be. The answer is yes. I mean, they would love that. But why would those conferences add them? They would have to have some sort of partnership value or brand and location value. I think the location part of it, while it was big, Virginia Tech when Rutgers and Maryland went to the Big Ten, 
Virginia Tech's endowment is very underrated. Virginia Tech, absolutely, but you're not talking about Virginia Tech. They're a good football program. You're talking about someone's well, going to leech. talking more about Virginia. Yeah, I think Virginia would be the one that the may make school. even more sense from a brand standpoint, certainly from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. But they come to the, the SEC, and sorry, Virginia fans, but you're Missouri and Vandy yeah. in the SEC, probably historically. I mean, you could say, I mean, Wake Forest is a, is a program currently, football-wise, that it's should better. not be overlooked. Like it's better, but again, like the mutual benefit. Where's I, Louisville I in this? I was just going to ask that. Louisville would be if they would be in line with an SEC upgrade from the ACC. Absolutely, and and there are programs money wise, like, geographically, would we, make a lot of sense. We're discussing Florida State, Miami, Clemson, Notre Dame, but I, I think that from a business sense, who is there an AD with the leadership qualities? that is able to align themselves, that are not those schools, that's able to align themselves as a part of the SEC or the Big Ten sooner rather than later. It's not John Curry at Wake Forest. So no. I'll knock him no. off the board. Great point. Louisville's um, got a great Louisville would be AD. a good one, and yeah. they've got the savvy, I think, to do it. They've got a lot of scandals over the last five, ten years, but they could do it. Uh, I think Virginia, Virginia has a, a strong enough – Virginia's got that – I'll call it the Vandy appeal. If you want to appeal to the, let's get another top academic school that's got a nice size fan, a much better size fan base than Vandy, but that's got some history, especially in basketball and other sports, that would honestly appease some of our SEC coaches because they could become a punching bag for a lot of them in a very powerful conference where every game is, you know, a playoff game. Also the potential, also the potential. It's a bit of a break like Vandy is right now, honestly, to every SEC team. The potential, wouldn't you agree, to get good? The potential to get good is in the money you're getting and how much more, you know. And the desire, and the desire to be good. It's very similar to the promotion relegation thing. What would a big paycheck a couple years do for Appalachian State as opposed to a team from a Power Five going down and not getting it? How would that negatively affect them? But I would think we're Virginia about, would want to get good, unlike Vanderbilt. We're talking that about care. permanently giving these teams a huge check for joining. So once you're in, you're in. You're in, and that, that's that's the key. It doesn't matter how competitive you are. You're getting the same amount of money as Alabama in the, just, in the TV revenue. I don't aspect. think it's a good question, Hudden. I just don't. It's hard to line up the two. The programs that wouldn't put much into it, and Vandy's a great example, who I think just now I saw they're actually building something on campus. So great. They put shovels a in dorm? the dirt. Well, they're doing something football-wise. Anyway, I saw they're doing something. The library? But for years, Vanderbilt has been content, and this has been the gripe of Vandy fans. Yep. You take the huge TV check, and I go sit in a miserable football, small football stadium, and not enough has been done to Memorial Gym. And you're not doing anything to invest and build. This was James Franklin's complaint. And one of the reasons he didn't stay is that he didn't get the investment back in the football program and he they wanted. they don't spend anything beyond that check they get from so the SEC. So I don't know anyone the SEC would want that would take that approach. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know who that – who is the program that could hoodwink the SEC into allowing them to join the club and take the check and, and never that. be any good. I just don't, I don't know who that would be. It's hard to think of that school because that school wouldn't have the fan base appeal mixed with the geographic appeal. Well, does the, SEC, the, does the SEC want that school? Like you're saying, Hutton, like, like Virginia would be not a pushover, but 
uh, closer to it. Well, you know, in my in my you scenario, you have to have some schools like that. Here's in, in my scenario: you're going to have, you know, there's thirty plus thirty five. I, I don't know what the number ends up being combined. Big Ten, SEC. There will be programs that are not perennial powerhouses right. that are added to the grand scheme in order to complete now. the group. So if you get up a little higher than this, and we're gonna we're gonna see a, a higher number, especially if you've got Washington and Oregon coming, not be and good. Florida State, Clemson, Miami want to do something like again, like so. There will be other school who which schools can attach themselves to the list that are not me, being mentioned. Let me give that, you the scenario, Hutton. There's it, a survival I'll, aspect. to I it. I will give you a scenario that adds two of these schools to it. What if the SEC added six schools? All right, and this. What people are saying, this 24-2-24 team, super conferences with multiple divisions. Let's, if they added six, I will give you three states they could add. Let's wrap. And how they would partner yes, it up. When we come back to wrap up the show, we end with this thought as we go into an evening that will be full of news because the Pac-12 on the West Coast will have the conference call, Zoom call, uh, to discuss USC and UCLA and the reported move to the Big Ten. We continue our discussion next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. (laughs) The Deshaun Watson disciplinary hearing has concluded, and now former federal judge Sue Robinson, who is hearing this, will now wait on the NFL and the NFLPA to present briefs to her before she hands down her ruling on the discipline for Deshaun Watson. Outkick 360 rolls on. Uh, So there is no ruling yet. The reports are that the hearing has concluded today. There will be news tomorrow about 4.30 p.m. (laughs) Central Time. Mark my word. It's all coming together time-wise. It's all coming together time-wise. Hey, uh, also some news uh, with the Freddie Freeman story brought up yesterday where he fired his agent. Yes. Uh, Agent Casey Close. Yes is accusing the Atlanta Braves of creating, quote, a false narrative around Freddie Freeman's departure from the organization. Close also said that he communicated all offers from the Braves to Freeman. Uh, the full statement is, uh, is released from Casey Close, but that's another one that continues, a story that continues to develop. So my plan, Hutton, what you were saying, what teams could hop along piggyback style to the SEC or Big Ten and benefit with the big check? I think it's if the SEC decided to zero in on three states from the ACC. Go ahead and knock out all of South Carolina by adding Clemson. Yes. Go into Virginia and get both ACC schools, Virginia Tech and Virginia. Virginia sort of the piggyback here from a football perspective. And the other one, while it leaves out one of the North Carolina schools, I think you get the research triangle in the Raleigh-Durham area and you add NC State, North Carolina, and Duke, who would definitely be a piggyback football program to add to the conference. Now, this would leave out Wake Forest, but with all due respect to Wake Forest, I don't think anyone in the SEC would be pining for Wake Forest or missing them at all. Yeah, and 
here's the other thing I was thinking about during the break on where, how, and maybe it, there isn't much of a difference. I just didn't realize it a year ago. But you can't say like, oh, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten football conferences, you know, the ACC is the basketball conference, or so and so is the baseball conference. You cannot do that now. Look around at the amount of schools from the Big Ten, the SEC that were represented in the NCAA in March tournament. Madness. Yeah. Look at the last two national champions in college baseball. Look at the teams coming over to these conferences and where they are represented right now across the landscape of college sports. So it's not like you can just own a section of the sporting genre and say, we're going to dominate this space. Can't do that. And that has turned quickly because of the investment that commissioners like Greg Sankey have enforced, not just demanded, but like enforced. They Was it four or five years ago at the spring meetings, he got all of the ADs and the basketball coaches in a room and said, Mark, it starts here. We will improve as a basketball conference, and there will be more investment whether you want to invest or not. And look where they are now. I think there will be an argument to be made from a basketball perspective that a third of the NCAA tournament will come from two conferences. I really think there could be double-digit teams that you could make an argument for in a SEC that adds those schools I mentioned and mix that with a Big Ten that has already added UCLA and we will have a bunch of teams in the mix also. Now, now, I'm talking close to 20 bids uh, between yeah. two conferences, and that's getting close to a third of the entire field. How do we like pit to the Big Ten? Yeah, I think it, it makes sense. Like that, If we're just drawing the line of who goes where – and if you want to keep a map somewhere in the realm of sports, Pitt would go to the Big Ten, not the SEC, if you're making a move. Yes. But the ACC's trying to It's It's the, it's the Big Ten's counter to Louisville, the Back SEC. Back at it tomorrow. Hope you'll join us on Outkick 360. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. Remember Brittany Griner. <laughs>